Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. So let's talk about two sides of basically the same coin. On one side, we'll put the spouse who is having an affair. It may be emotional, it may be sexual, it may be a combination of both emotions and sex. On the other side, we're going to put the spouse who is not involved in the affair, the one who is being cheated on, if you will. If you look at either side of those, sometimes you'll have both of them, sometimes just one of them, and I guess occasionally neither, who are saying, how in the world can we get past this? Yes, that's right. Sometimes the person in the affair is saying, how can I get over this? How can I stop it? And often the person who is not the one in the affair, the spouse who wants to save the marriage, is saying, how can we get past this? How can things change? Well, there's some ways to do that. We'll talk about that in this episode of Relationship Radio. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with MH International. Typically on this program, I'm joined by Kimberly Holmes, our great leader. And she really is. She's an amazing leader who works with us. She is not in this particular episode that I'm recording right now because of the fact that as I record this, she's actually all working on her PhD. That's right. She's working on her doctorate so she can even be more effective in helping people. That's what she wants to do. And that's what we're all about at MH International. Now, we've been talking about emotional affairs for the previous two episodes of Relationship Radio. If you have not heard those, may I recommend that you might want to stop this one right here and go back and listen to the previous two. And the first one, I talk about the difference between an emotional affair and a sexual affair and how that they're sometimes emotional affairs that are not sexual, sometimes sexual affairs that are not emotional, and then sometimes a combination of the two, which means an affair that's both emotional and sexual. And then through those two episodes, trying to explain more about that and, and the things that go with that, we talked about some of the stages that people go through when they get involved in an affair, even an emotional affair. If they go through these certain stages. Now, I didn't go through all the stages of what happens if a person is involved in a sexual affair, because those stages actually can be different. But this is a series about emotional affairs. And so if you'll go back and check out those previous two episodes, I think you'll find some really good information there. Now, as I start talking about it in this one, how can you overcome the emotions of an affair? Understand that it might be a little bit redundant. Some of the points we talked about on the other two, but hopefully... I can elaborate more where they make more sense to you. Now, the first is this. You can't change emotions just by sheer willpower. 
I realize that sometimes you may be praying if you're a religious person. God, my spouse is involved with somebody else. Change his heart. Change her heart. Make them different. Make all that emotion go away. And you may have become very disappointed if you're that religious person in the sense that you prayed and prayed and it doesn't happen. Or maybe you're the spouse who's actually involved in an affair, either sexual or emotional or both. And you've been praying, Lord, I know this is wrong. Please somehow do something inside of me to take this emotion away from me. And now you're doubting prayer because even though you beg God, if you're that religious person, to make these things change within you, they haven't changed, or at least not noticeably. And you're thinking, well, maybe this prayer stuff doesn't work. But if you think that somehow God's going to make that happen, if you're a religious person, I'm going to tell you right now that typically that's not how that occurs. Now, I do have a bachelor's degree in Bible, quite a bit of toward the master's degree in Bible before I changed gears several years ago. And so if you wanted to talk about it theologically, I could, and we could have a really interesting conversation, but that's not what we do here. Here we use the social sciences. And in the social sciences, I'm going to tell you that no one else, including God, if you believe he exists, is going to step in and rip those emotions out and change them like that. And so you might be thinking, okay, well, I've read these positive thinking books. And if I just think positively enough, things will happen. I mean, I love those old books like The the Magic of Thinking Big, The Magic of Believing, uh, all those kinds of things that I read when I was a much younger man that I still to this day think have some very powerful principles. And so if you're thinking, if I just think hard enough that somehow it's going to make my husband quit loving her and love me, my wife quit being involved with him and want to be with me, if I just think positively enough, I can make that happen. Lots of luck. (laughs) Or if it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, but I'm doing the same kind of thing. I'm trying to think positive and change these things out. And I keep telling myself, you don't have an emotional connection with her. You don't want to have sex with him again. And then I find myself going right back again and again and again. Hmm? Welcome to the human race. And understand that you're not going to fix this just by willpower trying to make it go away. But there's some good news in this. Time changes emotions. Now, if you doubt that, try to think back into your childhood. If you had a good relationship with mom or dad or both, what you felt about them when you were three, if you could access that somehow and try to remember it, was a love. And it was an intense love on a three-year-old level. And what you thought about them at 13 was much different than that. It's still love, but it has a lot of other things and nuances going on that weren't occurring at three that do occur at 13. And if you're 33 and you love your parents, even now it's different than when you were 13 because emotions change with time. You might be thinking, okay, Dr. Beam, but it's still love. Mm -hmm. That's right. But the intensity of that and how it expresses itself and how it feels inside of you changes. And if you're involved with somebody else emotionally right now, or sexually for that matter, if you're having an emotional affair or sexual affair with another human being, then there are all kinds of emotions inside of you that are driving that. It's not just a desire for sex. There are other things going on inside of your mind that lead you to be almost obsessed with that other person. 
Now, we have videos where you can read more about that, videos you can see more about that, I guess I should say. And if you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash marriage helper, marriage helper, are all one long word. You'll find hundreds of videos we have on that site that are all free for you. And some talk about the intensity of emotions that happen in affairs, particularly look for ones that have the word limerence, L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E, particularly look for the ones that have that in it. And you can find a lot more information information there. But understand the intensity of that emotion is going to change. Even if right now you're listening to this thinking, but you don't understand, Dr. Beam, I am so madly in love with this other person, and I'm always going to feel this way about him or her. Hmm. I'm sure you think so. And I'm sure you believe it with all your heart right now. But who do you know that has that same level of intensity with a person that that they fell madly in love with now that five years have passed. Well, they still love each other. But what about the intensity of that emotion? Do you think it's the same after five years, or do you think it's modified into some other things? What about 10 years, 15, 20, 25, 30 years? Now, I've been married to my wife at this recording for over 50 years, give or take three. And in that time, do I love her? Yes. Is it the same kind of emotion I felt when we were 18, when we met each other. No, no, it changes with time. And so understand that emotions change with time. And so the intensity of what you're feeling toward the other person is going to evolve with time. Or if you're worried about what your spouse feels toward the other person, my husband's madly in love with her. My wife's madly in love with him. It's not always going to be that way. Emotions will change. And if they're right now so powerful that they're leading you to think, I can't stop. I can't do this. I mean, I'm like a slave to my own emotions inside of me. Even if I wanted to stop, I have no ability to do so. That is going to change. Now, there's all kinds of research out about that, about that out there in the social sciences. But I'm just telling you to look around. Just look at the people in your world, your life. You know that those emotions evolve into something else and not always evolve. Sometimes they devolve into something else. And so whatever your spouse is feeling towards somebody else right now is not going to be the exact same thing they feel three years from now, particularly not five years from now. And whatever you feel toward another person right now is not exactly the same thing you're going to be feeling three years from now or five years from now. So time definitely does change emotions. And that's why people often look back on something that they wanted with all of their heart and gave up everything to have, whether that's some occupation they wanted to have, some goal they wanted to achieve, or some person that they wanted in their life, that years later they'd look and see all the damage and harm they did to the other people in their world to get what it was they wanted. And now they don't have the same intensity of desire toward that thing that they once did. I've known many extremely wealthy people in my lifetime who, when they were younger, it was like all I could think about, I crave making more money. Now, the ones I know still made money when they were older, but they saw money as different. It was no longer the same thing to them anymore. It's like once you get it, once you get used to it, you don't feel the same way about it anymore. You feel differently, and that happens in human relationships as well, either evolving or devolving. And when it devolves, actually, sometimes even when it devolves, and you look back and see what you did to yourself, what you gave up that was important to you, 
the damage you did to people that you really do care about by you making those decisions. Do you not understand that when you do that, not only do you regret the pain that you caused, but some of that blame gets assigned to this person that you gave up everything for, that you damaged other people to be with, that you look at him or her and think, well, at one point I thought that being with you was worth whatever damage I did to myself or anybody else. But now I think you share in my guilt. You share in the hurt that I feel for the damage that I've caused. Now, am I guaranteeing that's what you're going to feel five years from now? Obviously not. I'm not going to be like those charlatans and frauds on the Internet who think that they know everything and can tell you exactly what to say, what to think, what to feel, and exactly what's going to happen five years from tonight, from today. No, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. But I'm telling you that I've been working with marriages since 1994. Now, the time I'm making this recording is 2021. So that's many years, right? A whole lot of years, about two and a half decades that I've been working with marriages at the time of this recording. And even last year, for example, we at MH International had 10,000 couples involved in some of our programs, one or another, either our in-person live programs or our online programs, or et cetera, over 10,000. And more than a quarter of a million people have been to courses and workshops and seminars that I've written and developed. No, I haven't met all of them. <laughs> But we've had enough exposure to enough people over a long enough period of time that we have some understanding as to what people are going to do. And while I cannot make the exact prediction for you or the exact prediction for your spouse, I'm telling you that human nature is pretty consistent. And we have seen things happen so many times to so many people. Sometimes it hurts to see what people are doing Because you know that in all likelihood, based on all the experience we have with all these people, in all likelihood, this thing that's so important to you now that you're willing to sacrifice everything for, you're going to regret doing it down the road. And it hurts in advance to know in all likelihood where they're headed. I hope you hear from this, not that I'm trying to discourage you, but I'm actually trying to give you hope that if you do want to somehow stop the emotions you're feeling toward another person so you can stop having the emotional affair, the sexual affair, or the combination, that that actually can and actually will happen with time. Or that my spouse is involved with this other person, either an emotional affair or sexual affair, and, and I'm hoping he or she gets past that so we can put our marriage back together. I'm telling you that those things are going to change with time. So I'm actually trying to give you hope That when you look at a situation and think it's hopeless, I have no control over me and what I feel. It's hopeless. I have no control over what my spouse or what he or she feels. The hope is not in control. The hope is in understanding human nature, that people continue to change. Now, understand that people can change in a bad direction. And so you might be thinking, oh, my goodness, so I could become even more, do even more things to hurt other people over time. Yeah, You could evolve or devolve that way. Or my spouse may actually wind up doing worse things, causing more pain to me than he or she's causing now. Yeah, that's a possibility. He or she may do that. Time will change it, but time doesn't always make it change in a good direction. So what does? Okay, we've already said you can't fix it by your own willpower. We've already said that time will change things. But the things you do 
determines how time changes things. The things that you do that are positive, like I actually take this action, I do these things, and the things that you don't do. Okay, I can't do that. I better not do that. I better do not do that. And and so the actions that you take, the behaviors that you put into your life, working with time, first of all, speeds the time process up. It really does. Doing are not doing the right things. Don't do these, do these. Doing that the way you should actually speeds up the time factor. And it also determines which direction do you go. Does it get better? How does it get worse? So maybe I can explain that a little bit better by answering a few questions that have come in. I found myself in an emotional affair with a man that I work with. Despite him saying that he loves me more than anyone else, I discovered that he's having an affair with another woman that we both work with. It seems that everything he said was a lie. Now I feel like I have no clue who truly loves me, but I'm still very much in love with him. What should I do to end this emotional affair? So here we have a young lady that wants to stop feeling what she's feeling toward this guy because this guy is hurting her. Now, she didn't state whether she was married or not, but I'm going to assume that she is, because typically that's when people come to us and ask these kinds of questions. But she's involved with this guy who's also involved with somebody else. Now, notice what he does. He says to her, according to what she said, that he loves her more with the other person. And yet all three of these people work at the same place. And so he is interacting with the woman asking the question. He's also interacting with the other woman that he's involved with. And this woman's watching all of that and saying, it hurts. It hurts. I think he's lying to me when he says he loves me more. Because if he loves me, how could he be involved with her? And I want to stop feeling this way for him. How do I overcome this emotional affair? Because I still love him. I understand the pain that she feels. Remember, we've already talked about the fact that you can't just will those emotions to go away. And also, if you're paying attention to the question she asks, you understand that when you pit logic against emotions, emotions will win. Because logically, if you look at this thing, it's like, okay, she works here. She knows the guy's lying to her. She said that. He tells me he loves me more, but I'm watching him with this other woman, so I know that's not true. And as as she watches these two people interact with each other, it's causing her a tremendous amount of pain. And logic would say, well, I'm in a situation that's painful. I'm being used. Yes, I'm interpreting that. But I infer that she's being used because of the fact that he continues to tell her that he loves her and that he loves her more. And that's somehow keeping her connected with him, which implies, no, it's not stated, but it implies that. The two of them have a connection other than just seeing each other at work. They're having some kind of a share where that they spend time with each other, where they talk, those kinds of things, or, or it may be and or they're also having some kind of sexual interaction with each other. And so she calls it an emotional affair. She didn't call it a sexual affair. And so maybe I'm wrong by interpreting that might be part of it. But I'm just saying that we look at this and know that this woman's being used at least emotionally also possibly sexually, and all the logic in the world would say, run. This guy is using you. You're going to continue to hurt as long as you stay there. But those emotions are so powerful. I mean, unbelievably powerful. And so here she is saying, I still love him in spite of all that. 
She knows she's being used. I still love him in spite of all that. How? How can I overcome? Well, remember, we talked about the fact that time will eventually change those emotions. But also we talked about the fact that there are certain things that you should do and certain things that you should not do. And not only will that help that time factor go faster. In other words, you can get over it quicker than you would otherwise, but also can lead you in a better direction. And so what is it then that I would recommend that she would do and that she wouldn't do? It may sound kind of ridiculous when I start talking about it because, you know, think, boy, people don't do these kinds of things, do they? But the first recommendation I would have is that she should quit that job. Why? Well, because he's there, because that other woman is there, because she's watching that interaction, because that's the way he continues to have some kind of an emotional control over her. He said, but, but maybe she was there first. Could be. Maybe she's making a lot of money there and she won't be able to replicate all that if she gets another job. Could be. There could be a lot of reasons that she would lose in some fashion if she leaves that job. But the question really comes down to what's the healthiest thing for her? Is the healthiest thing for her to continue to be in torment? I want to assume, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to assume that she's probably not sleeping very well because she worries about this. It's probably affecting her eating in one way or the other because she's worried about this. I'm assuming all kinds of negative things just based on how much experience we have with other people watching how they do and how they act. There's nothing in this that's good for this woman. And if indeed she's married, can you imagine the terrible effect it's having on a relationship with her husband? Well, is it worth giving up some money to get past all that and to start finding some healing inside? In my opinion, it is. Is it worth losing some seniority? Is it worth maybe having to drive another 30 minutes to work further than what you drive now? In my opinion, yes. Now, obviously, she has to make her decisions, but I would recommend leave. And if you leave so that you don't have contact with him anymore, then the next thing I would say is you block him on your phone. You block him on your Facebook account. You block him from your email. You don't let this guy have any contact with you at all. Because if you talk to him, if you continue to have any communication with him whatsoever, it's going to keep that flame going inside of you that you feel is love. And so my recommendation would be, there are some things you could do here, but they won't be easy but they require you to make a decision, no matter what you feel, to make the decision about what's best, even if you want something different, because what she wants is him. Make that decision and then do those things. You're saying, have you actually told people that you think they should leave their work? I've helped people do it. Now, obviously, it's their decision. They decide. I don't make their decisions for them. But have I recommended it? Yes. Have I actually helped people find other jobs? Actually, I have. It's back when I was not quite as busy as I am now, but actually I have. Why? It's amazing how much it helped them once they got away from the other person and began to build their life in a different fashion. How that not only they became much happier, more fulfilled people, but in their marriages, they became stronger and more in love with each other. So that would be my recommendation to her. Understand you're not going to get it by willpower, that time will help, but that you need to help time by certain things that you do and you don't do. We have another question. Let's look at it. 
My wife's been in a limerent affair for three months, but she says she loves me and wants to be with me. She's been transparent about her feelings and our relationship's amazing otherwise. She was relieved to learn about limerence, but she wants the feelings of limerence to end before ending the affair. How can I encourage her to end her affair without pushing her away? Let me congratulate you on the fact that your wife is being open and transparent. That is good. That is really, really good. The fact that she has somehow learned about limerence, eh, a little risky there. We typically don't recommend people to go trying to teach their spouse about limerence because sometimes the limerence is so intense and so strong that when you try to teach them about it, they just throw out all that information and, and decide that none of that could ever be true. In your case, it worked better. She actually saw about limerence. Oh, there's a name for this. There's a process. I'm not the only one to go through this. And so good for her that she was that open and good for you in the marriage to the fact that she actually let that influence her. But part of the reason that that worked positively is because you say she's been in the affair for only about three months. In other words, if it is limerence, and apparently even she thinks it is, if indeed it is limerence, then it's going to get stronger with time if she continues to have interactions with that guy. The fact that it's still relatively new is probably the reason that when she saw that, she thought, oh, that's me. Now I understand it. Thank you. Even though she knows what it is, even though she knows it's going to end if she really has studied limerence, even though she loves you and wants to be with you, she says she still wants to be with this guy until the limerence goes away. Why would she decide that? Or why would she desire that? I guess is a better word. She'll desire that because it just feels so amazing. You see, if you've listened to any of our stuff about limerence, and we teach about it considerably, you'll understand that some brain chemicals actually affect limerence, one of which is called dopamine. People, when they feel that the limerent object, the person they're madly in love with them, when they feel that person is reciprocating with them, then dopamine floods their brain and they get an amazing high. I have been in limerence before. Many, many years ago, I left my wife for a woman I was in limerence with, I was going to marry her and live happily ever after. It fell apart. As it always at some point will fall apart. And after three years of being gone from my wife, when I asked her if she would take me back and marry me again, amazingly, she did. Even though she was already moving on with her life, dating somebody else, she decided she'd take me back anyway. And so I don't just know limerence from reading about it in books. I don't know just limerence from watching other people go through it. I know limerence because I myself lived through it. And so I understand when she's saying, I want to end the affair because I love you. I want to be with you, but I'm going to stay in this until this emotion goes away. Not logical, but certainly understanding emotional. But if you think about it, young man, whoever the husband is that called this question is, if you think about it, if she doesn't end the affair now, the limerence in all likelihood is going to get stronger. When it gets stronger, she's going to stop being open and transparent with you. And when that happens, she's going to become more emotionally connected and dependent upon him. Now, I'm not saying that you should try to make her do anything because when you try to force people to do things, it almost always turns out badly. People want to make their own decisions. But since you are having these open and transparent conversations, 
then this is the time when you might be wanting to speak to her about. If you stay in this, based on what we can read and learn about limerence, where do you think it's headed? Where do you think it's going? And how do you think that's going to affect you? Because I know you still love me now and still want to be with me now. But if you let this continue to develop, at some point, you're going to be only want to be with him. And there will be no more us at that point in your mind. It'll be only about him. So now while you still love me, while you still care about the marriage, let's do something to get past it now. And so here's something I recommend to you. Now, it's going to sound like a commercial, and for that, I'm very sorry. But what I recommend to you is this. Please ask your wife, and hopefully she'll agree, and then come to one of our intensive three-day workshops for marriages in trouble. You can either do it online, which is the less expensive way. You don't have all that airfare and hotel and all those kinds of things. And the online version, in my opinion, is just as good as the in-person version. So you could do it online from wherever you live and save a lot of money that way. Or if you want to come to the in-person workshop, we have those as well, based on whatever's happening with the pandemic at the time, <laughs> as to how many people we could have in there based on CDC guidelines and those kinds of things. But I think if the two of you, as a matter of fact, I believe strongly that if the two of you were to come through our intensive three-day workshop right now, that that you're both going to get some aha, oh, oh, aha, oh, ah, and that in that she can finally find the path forward to do the things that she will not want to do because her emotions are leading her toward him, but to do the things that are the right things to do and stop doing the things that she shouldn't be doing where you guys can rescue this marriage. It is not an instant fix, but it is starting on the right pathway. Remember, time has to be involved, but the time now works in your favor because there are certain things you know to do and you do those certain things, you know, not to do and you don't do those. And this then not only becomes rescuable where you can rescue the relationship, but where that you can be even deeper in love with each other in the future than you are now. Now, if you say, I want to try something else, you certainly have that right. You can do whatever you wish to do. If you're going to decide to try marriage counseling, be very careful that you find a marriage counselor who is pro-marriage. And if we can help you, you can call our toll-free number that's on the screen right now, and our client representatives will help you get enrolled in this workshop. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Obviously, she has some kind of vulnerabilities we've talked about in previous uh, parts of this three-part episode on emotional affair and that that she has developed this strong emotional connection with him and that willpower is not going to get her out of it. You're wishing her out of it won't get her out of it either. But time will, but you need to use that time wisely. Don't let it pass thinking things are going to be okay. Do the right things now. And you can turn your life around together and make it amazing. Well, typically, Kimberly Holmes is with me, and she does the recap here. And actually, I think I just gave the uh, the takeaways just then myself <laughs> in answering that question. But three takeaways I want you to remember from this particular episode, and that is that you won't be able to will away the deep emotions you feel toward another person or the deep emotions that your spouse feels about another person. Time always changes emotions. But... 
Time might actually lead you in the wrong direction as opposed to the right direction. Time may actually make it worse. Even as the emotions change, time may make it worse. And therefore, do the right things. So start doing the things you need to do and stopping the things you need to stop. And not only then will I make the process of the time healing things take less time. In other words, make it faster, if you will but also develop the relationship between the two of you that can really, really work. Now, if you still have more questions about this, may I recommend you go back and listen to the previous two episodes about emotional affairs, because in those you'll find more information. And remember, all you have to do is call us. There's a toll-free number on your screen right now. And our client representatives, they are not therapists, they're not counselors, but they understand what we do. And they understand the principles we teach and they will listen to your particular situation and then guide you to the best resource we have for you. Some of them are free. Some of them you pay for, but they will guide you to the best resource for you. Now, sometimes when people listen to these things because of the fact we're so frank and so honest about the bad side of things, sometimes people are like, oh, man, I, you give me hope, then you take it away. Then you give it back to me, and you take it away. That's because we're going to deal with reality. We're never going to just tell you things to make you feel better. We'll tell you the truth. We'll always tell you the truth, even when the truth hurts. But I understand that sometimes that can be discouraging. But I really want to help give you hope because we have seen marriages that everybody had given up on. The counselors have said, you guys need to divorce. Their family and friends were saying, you can't possibly stay together. We have witnessed so many of those where it seemed absolutely impossible over the decades we've been doing this, where they're now happily married to each other. So please know there's hope. And in the next episode of Relationship Radio, we're going to demonstrate that hope for you. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.